the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Full investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Happy July 3 to you, to you, and you. Why am I here today? Markets close early, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. There's no reason to be here. This is one of those days that is a throwaway day, but there is some news that comes out that we can work with. What do I mean by that? Um... Half day, sometimes companies will come out with bad news as a way of kind of firebombing investors when they're not there to see the firebomb. Legal disclosures have to be a part of the market. And uh, one of the things that they do, like I said, is they, they kind of sneak it in, so to speak. So let's talk about what we're seeing out there today, first and foremost. Again, we're in the second half of the year. Markets are turning their attention to jobs, looking for clues to the Fed policy. Boom! So we have our first firework of the year, and it's tied towards the jobs number. Not quite the jobs number that's coming out on Friday, but the June ADP number precedes the government number, and it added 188,000 jobs in June, up from 134,000 in May. Boom, goes the job market. It's not a bad number. The job market continues to gracefully navigate. It's not hitting the headwinds of the health care reform yet. Key component of the health care reform got pushed out one more year into 2015. Interesting. How's the market reacting to this jobs number? Eh, apathetic. SP 500 is down 8, the Dow is down 35, the Nasdaq's down 9. 10 year Treasury sits 2.45%, kind of going sideways now. Um, gold up 5 to 12.48, oil up 1, almost 2 bucks to 101. That's a big number. That's probably the standout, and that's tied towards Egypt. Sometime in the next 30 minutes, Egypt could explode into a a riot as the military is challenging the president of Egypt. And there's a little thing called the Suez Canal, which some people have heard of, which a lot of oil flows through. Back to Obama. How big of a setback is a delay in part of the Obama 
care for the entire program. Most people are saying it's a major setback. Um, the elaborateness of the health care reform is starting to come to its senses that it's going to be difficult. The delay is a gamble. It was all about 2014 elections when it was put in. Now they're trying to say, let's wait till 2015 so the elections can get through. Obama and company are hopeful they can win back the House of Representatives. The truth is they're going to have a challenge. Um, people tend to not like the status quo when the economies mm. Art Cashin brought up a great chart. He said last night he was out with his drinking buddies and they pulled up a Fed, St. Louis Fed chart, which if you get a chance, go Google St. Louis Fed. They do have some of the most beautiful charts put out that you could possibly imagine. I use a lot of the charts from St. Louis Fed. But one of the things that he mentioned, and I'm a big fan of Art Cash, and he's one of those historical perspective guys that I think's pretty much so right on. He said there's a massive misconception about where Ben Bernanke's Fed stimulus has landed. So far, they've dispersed about $2.2 trillion in new money. But a lot of that money's sitting unused. The excess reserves exploded from $831 billion in August 2008 to $1.8 trillion. So when you start to extrapolate this, about 81% of the reserves are sitting idle. So the stimulus is more stagnant on QE than people are thinking it is. Sort of puts tapered in a slightly different perspective. Velocity is essential to a fractional banking system, and it's just not working right now. Facebook employees, they made San Mateo County the richest in America. San Mateo residents made an average of $3,200 per week during the fourth quarter last year, an annual salary of about 168000 That's more than Manhattan, the nation's second highest paid area, which brings in $2,100 a week. Nice, right? Congratulations to San Mateo. I know you're saying San Mateo is really close to Daly City, which is the armpit of the peninsula. Stocked in the armpit of California. Um, other stories of note today? There has to be one or two, right? Apple hired Yves Saint Laurent, CEO Paul Deneuve, for special projects. He's going to report directly to Tim Cook. Yves Saint Laurent, heavily tied towards clothing, things that show on our external body. The iPhone and the iPad are things that we hide in purses and in bags and suitcases. We don't walk around like, look, look at my iPad. I'm walking in front with it in front of me. But we do with our clothes. So that's very, very interesting. Uh, if you take a look at the people who wear Google Glass, they're kind of grungy, dirty, nasty. They're not high-end fashion. You're not seeing Clooney. Uh, or in the glasses, per se. Elsewhere in the world of news, Yahoo bought video mobile app maker Quickie for an undisclosed amount. They basically turn your pictures into a slideshow. They set your pictures into, like, music. Uh, 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 I can't make that into a good story, can I? HSBC, which I refuse to bank at because they've been convicted guilty 
of money laundering, and they've approved a record $1.92 billion settlement for money laundering. Money laundering kills many people. Lulu Le Mans. <laughs> they've been sued for allegedly defrauding shareholders. The suit says the recall of yoga pants that were deemed too sheer, as well as the sudden departure of CEO Christine Day, uh, equals lawsuit. Good luck with that. Healthcare stocks, United Health Group, Aetna, and Cigna are going to be watched closely today after that White House announcement that a key provision of healthcare reform will be delayed until early 2015. The two largest health insurers have left the state of California, which gives you less options and more options, in large part tied towards the Affordable Care Act. Portugal has seen several cabinet members resign. Greece could see its financial aid withheld. All of this coming up this weekend. Great. Great. I was on vacation recently, and uh, some admin gave my cell phone number to someone that called and woke me up at 4 in the morning. Great way to ruin a vacation. Greece, you're going to ruin my 4th of July, a national beer-drinking holiday of America. The non-manufacturing services PMI reported in China slipped to a nine-month low. Boo, Portugal. Boo, Greece. Boo, China. It's ruining my weekend. And then Egypt steps in with President Morsi defiantly rejecting the Egyptians' military ultimatum to step aside. Sometime this hour, that story's going to break. And I'll be here to tell you what it means. Despicable me is going to beat the Lone Ranger. Ah, uh, so much to talk about. Boom goes the jobs report. You're listening to Rob Black and your mic. Oh, 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 oh. Coming up in the second hour, Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com. Let's take a break here. Got a seminar that's free coming up in San Francisco Bay Area in Moran. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. Health care. Well, I think the most important is health care reform. That's going to impact the most companies, whether... Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Happy 4th of July weekend to you. That's where I'm at. Where are you? I'm here only because, well, I get paid minimum wage to be here. Kate Middleton's due date is July 11. And I'm freaking out. Dozen of photogs are setting up their equipment. They're jockeying for position. There's scaffolding. There's people going crazy at St. Mary's Hospital in London. Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of Cambridge, is due to safely deliver child. This will equal big business for the UK. I know you're saying, really? That is kind of odd, isn't it, right? Um, tons of tourism, tons of, of chotskis, as I like to refer to them, will be sold. Uh, commemorating the event. I know you're saying, man, people have no life. We live vicariously through a princess. Exactly. <laughs> That's so true. 
So what's going on in the world? Uh, we have high drama. High drama at this point in time. Um, Apple is poaching a Hulu employee to work on deals for Apple TV. That's kind of a nice little story. A little bit of a diversion. Apple's hired Hulu's senior VP Pete Stodd to work on negotiations with cable companies for Apple TV. I get the feeling, and I, I may be wrong, I get the feeling we're going to see some fun stuff come out of Apple in the back half of this year and or some nice steps forward. Think of how far we've come in 10 years on the cell phone. I can't wait for my TV to do a little bit more of that. I know you're saying, you don't get to watch a lot of TV because you work so much. That's true. That is absolutely positively true. But it doesn't stop me from enjoying it when I get the opportunity. The army has taken over a TV station in Egypt. The drama is high. The deadline is now. What will happen? It's going to be a big story on Wall Street. Sadly, we won't be here. Now, the employment number comes out Friday morning, so I'm going to be there for that. But somewhere between noon this afternoon and fireworks July 4th, I hope to be in bliss. A little bit loaded with a couple adult beverages, enjoying the freedoms of America, red, white, and blue, USA, USA, USA. Egypt's army chiefs will make a statement in about six minutes, half an hour before the military's ultimatum to President Mohamed Morsi runs out. The military gave the president 48 hours to work with opponents to resolve the political crisis, and uh, he said no. 30-year mortgage rates fall to 4.29% after hitting the highest rate amongst uh, in the last two years. Now 4.46, now they fall into 4.29. Is this a calm before they move higher? Look, I think we should move sideways to slightly lower. But my opinion doesn't matter. The average rate on a five-year Treasury index adjustable rate mortgage is 3.1%. The average on a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage, 3.39%. People expect the housing market to rebound, and I think the housing market can continue to rebound if rates stay at these levels. They've moved up uh, basically one whole percentage point, but they're still at historical norm, historical lows. If you had asked me a couple years ago, could I possibly imagine a day where the 30-year mortgage is sitting at 4.4% and we're upset about it, or 4.29% and we're upset about it? I couldn't imagine it. The ISM Services Index saw slower growth in June, had a reading of 54.4%. No, no, 52.2%. No, no, what is it? No, 52.2, yeah. Down from 53.7%. Economists wanted it to jump up to 54.4, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. Barclays cut second quarter GDP forecast for the United States. We are moving into the third quarter, which means we are moving into earnings season for the second quarter. So we got that to look forward to. So when we come back from holiday break... And again, we're coming back Friday, but really next week is probably when most Americans start coming back from holidays. Uh, Wall Streeters, eh, some of them are on an April-long vacation, but me, that number means too much on Friday for me to mess around with. Jobless claims fell by 5,343,000 reading. That's a, a positive first-time unemployment claims. 
i.e. people who are walking to the unemployment claims desk for the first time, doing that walk of shame. Give me money. Give me money for being unemployed. Toyota recalls 109,000 Yaris cars worldwide. Toyota is recalling them due to a problem that could cause a loss of power steering assist, resulting in increased steering effort at low speeds. Yay! You can't steer. <laughs> Nothing funnier than a car accident sound effect to wake you up in the morning, huh? Uh, what else do we have to focus in on today? Dell Smell. Michael Dell's face in an increasing uphill battle to take Dell private as an investor advisory firm is amongst those leaning against his $24.4 billion bid. I can't get in. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. You can't ask me to talk about a Dell buyout icon one more time. Just bored with it. Or as I say to all of my exes, you bore me. Now get your stuff and go. (laughs) Don't you wish I really had the courage to say that to someone? I do. I don't. But I wish. So uh, markets are paying attention to the jobs number. Clearly the first Friday of every month. Coming up later in the hour, about one hour from now, in fact, Patrick O'Hare is not going to be here from Briefing.com, but Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist for Briefing.com, will be here. Okay, okay, okay. You know that I like buying ugly, right? Emerging markets are getting really cheap, and they're getting really ugly. Brazil's got unrest. Turkey's got unrest. Egypt's got unrest. I tend to like buying ugly. You can get a great beach home after a hurricane blows through and you know there's boats in your front yard. It's ugly. You can get a great home in San Francisco after an earthquake knocks down the home right next to it. It's ugly. Same thing happening with emerging markets right now. Commodity prices have been falling. Oh, the oil hasn't. Central bank money creation has fed inflation in emerging economies rather than developed ones. So what we're doing with our cheap money here is causing problems in emerging economies. That's catalyzing protests in Brazil, in Turkey, in Egypt, in Indonesia. Factories are burning down and causing havoc. If you take a look at the charts of emerging markets, they're ugly. I like buying ugly. Not toothless, but ugly. You can always put a spit shine on ugly. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. And you may ask yourself, how do I work this? And you may ask yourself, 
Okay. And what could be the weirdest story ever reported on this show? Your testicles have taste receptors. Taste receptors are the proteins responsible for your our ability to taste salty, to taste sweet, to taste bitter. They're not just in our tongue. What I've known my whole life just got turned upside down. Researchers are finding the taste receptors are all over your body. From your mouth, to your anus, to your testicles, literally. What goes in your mouth comes out. Taste receptors have been found in the stomach, intestines, pancreas, lungs, brain. What's interesting to note about this is the function of these taste receptors and the signaling proteins attached with them, it's still very, very unclear. They seem to be, though, part of a chemical sensing of sugars or amino acids that's in large part tied towards fertility. Taste proteins for sweet not only exist in the testes, but they play an important part in fertility for mice. This kind of study brings up a lot more questions than it does answers, right? But it also shows us that some of the things that we thought to be true in our life can be turned upside down instantly. Same thing can go on Wall Street. There's a troubling trend tied towards the stock market volatility. A lot of companies are issuing negative guidance right now. If this is the final percentage for the quarter, about 81% have issued financial negative guidance at this point in time. That's troubling. On one hand, it's positive on another. It's kind of been built into the cake. To get your calls in the air, please call me today. Tell me how genius I am or not. SP 500 down 6, the Dow down 21, the NASDAQ down 6. Joining me now on Rob Black and Your Money, CFP Chad Burton. He is a financial planner. You've heard him here through the years. He's excellent at what he does. Chad, let's talk about um, you know, tax-efficient investing. It's, this has got to be a boring topic for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a boring topic, but really why it should be kind of in your forefront as you start accumulating assets, especially once you get past the idea of you know, I, I'm maxing out my 401k, now what? Right. The average investor that has money outside of their 401k loses 15 to 30% of the return each year in taxes. So if your average is 10, you might be down at all the way down at 7% as your after-tax equivalent return. Because of if capital gains taxes, Capital income. gains taxes, income, it's really putting the wrong assets in the wrong place. So okay. you've got to first sit down and do your asset allocation which determines how much you have in large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, you know, emerging markets, commodities, bonds, REITs, things like that. And then you've got different areas on where you can put those assets. You've got your 401k, you've got your taxable accounts, you've got your Roth IRA. So you've got to determine which assets are the best. So you know, long story short, if, if you're living off of your portfolio, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're building the wealth, that's when it really matters because you don't, you don't want to pay – you don't want to pay taxes on income that you're not using right now, right? Sure. Okay. So if you're trying to build a portfolio and you've determined your asset allocation, 
Let's start with what should go in your taxable accounts. Okay. Okay. If you're the person that likes mutual funds, managed mutual funds, and ETFs, then what should go in your taxable accounts would be more of your large cap oriented ETFs or total stock market return types of funds, index funds, and mid cap can be in there as well. But where you're going to concentrate on your small cap emerging markets and sometimes international holdings, and especially REITs and bonds, would be in your 401k, which means that your 401k is going to be slightly more conservative because of the bond allocation than your taxable accounts. But that's okay because bonds pay interest. And if you're working, you don't need the income. You want the interest to accumulate tax deferred inside your retirement accounts. A lot of people, you know, they start getting into the nitty-gritty, and the nitty-gritty here, Chad, could be like tech stocks, i.e. growth stocks, Mm -hmm. where you might sell it after it's doubled or tripled or done, you know, whatever dream that you wanted it to do. You don't want to create a taxable event, so you'd throw that in a 403B or, you know, a a tax-efficient vehicle. But ultimately, if you're up 100%, do you really care? Like, why not pay some taxes? Or am, am I, at this point in time, just being stupid? No, I mean, you're still enjoying right now. We're enjoying the lowest tax structure that I've seen in the 19-plus years that I've been in the business. I mean, when I got in the business, capital gains were 27%. 2012, they're 15%. 2013, they go up to 20%, if not higher. It's, that's, the dividend and capital gains taxes, the, the taxes that are really under going to be under attack, which means this is all the more reason for it. For example, small cap funds, the successful ones, they have turnover ratios of over 100%, meaning very seldom does the stock stay in the portfolio for the full year. So you have a trading event or a taxable event. So you can look at a fund. You can go to Morningstar.com, and you can look at the potential capital gains exposure. In other words, are there a lot of stocks in there that if they sell them after you buy, are you going to inherit a capital gains problem? Um, or turnover ratios. So again, the higher turnover ratio funds, the higher dividend-paying funds, those go in your retirement accounts. Whereas the stuff that you go for the long run on, you know, three to five year types of holds, large cap, mid cap, that goes in your taxable accounts. There's a little bit of a science to it, but let's talk about the losses because that's also part of tax efficient, not just the gains you don't want to pay tax on, but you could actually harvest losses. And I love that phrase harvest because it sounds ghoulish, but uh, it's kind of a, let's talk harvesting losses. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's super important because most people, when they get into retirement, they end up with real estate business, stocks, all of which, if they sell, you pay capital gains. So, you know, people go through a big correction like in the 2000s or the 2007, they accumulate losses and they forget about accumulating even more. You can build up a a bank account essentially with the IRS. So every year, um, at least in around, you know, August, September is when I like to do it, is you go through your portfolio and say, have I bought anything that is showing a loss in my taxable accounts? And if it is, what I typically do is I'll sell it and I'll buy an index fund that matches it or an ETF that matches it for 30, 31 days. And then I'll turn around and buy the stock back if I like it or the fund back if I like it. That way I've harvested a loss with the IRS. You can use 3000 a year against your ordinary income. If you don't have any losses or gains this year to offset, those losses get carried forward indefinitely until you need them. And you're going to need them someday. So harvest those. It's a bank account with the IRS. Um, and even people that bought variable annuities and taxable accounts and you know, maybe at the height of 2000 or at the height in 2007, there's ways to even write off some of those losses as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. So really talk to your CPAs about getting out of those bad deals if, if you're that type of an investor. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And you can find me at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I was just reading some of the costs tied towards Oracle and the America's Cup coming 
next summer to a theater near you, a boat theater, so to speak. Um, stunning how much they're spending. Stunning. America's Cup built the America's Cup Park on the waterfront with entertainment company Live Nation. They added a 9,000-seat pavilion for concerts and watching the race on a large display. Uh, that's nice. I didn't even notice that. Um, software titan Larry Ellison is worth about $37.8 billion. His team and its three challengers are going to spend well over $100 million each on their boats. Now, on one hand, I got mad at Mark Pincus for squandering billions of dollars in market cap, which is basically farmers, as I like to put it, in Iowa, who said, hey, I hear there's this new IPO called Zynga. They make Farmville. <laughs> Let's buy the stock. And Pincus goes out and blows all their money. All the value created in the company. And people are angry. He makes hundreds of millions of dollars, takes it out of the company because said farmers gave it to him. It's easy to get mad at the CEO of Disney. You know, pay package last year, $70 million. I think it's easier to get mad at Pincus, who's blown billions and billions and billions of people's money. Well, personally profiting. Ellison spending $100 million on his boat, plus. What's interesting to note about that is, you're like, it's a race. Why spend that much money? You know? It's a good question. Can I justify a a race spending hundreds of millions of dollars when we have social issues in the United States that need to be addressed? Probably not. But it's his money. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. 30-year mortgage rates drop from a recent push higher. Maybe they move sideways and kind of find their own level. Water finds its own level. Sometimes mortgage rates find their own level. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The Obama administration is going to delay a crucial provision of its signature health care law. government's going to postpone enforcement of the so-called employer mandate until 2015, after the congressional elections. You can find as much as $3,000 per employee if they don't offer affordable insurance. Big loss for the Obama administration. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black has a finance. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I challenge you not to find this song catchy. If you don't find it catchy, there's something wrong with you. 
the July 4th weekend to you ding dong dilly ding dong fireworks start up in 36 hours ladies and gentlemen get your drink game on in the Bay Area we've got the BART strike at a time where we should be putting people on buses and subways so they can get safely to and from festivities they're on strike people are getting angry I don't know if you're listening to this show on a nationwide basis, because I know I've got listeners as far out as Afghanistan on the KDOW.biz stream. But people are starting to get angry. And if you go to Craigslist and hit the Bay Area, and there's some nastiness going on that people are angry that they have to take a ferry to work and not a bus or a subway. That they have to get up earlier to get to work. That the Bay Area Rapid Transit employees are asking for a 4% raise when I didn't get a 4% raise last year. <laughs> I got a 40% raise. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't get a 40, 4% raise last year. Do we get the sound effect one more time? Big I'm going to have to talk to number 8 because that's a little bit on the vague side. Um... Yeah, so people are getting angry, and I find that interesting, because typically in the Bay Area, they side more so with labor than with management. I'm not saying it's a a title shift, but it is interesting to see from a distance, for sure. Okay, okay, so 4th of July, keep talking about this. Your 4th of July barbecue is going to cost you a whole lot more this year. Year Year-over-year ground beef is up 6%. Chickens up 10%. Chicken breast up 25%. Highest point since 2004. Potatoes are up 10%. Hot dogs, soft drinks, baked beans, chips. Don't dip your chip in my dip. Chip. No, don't dip your chip in my dip. I can't figure it out. Anyhow, chicken thigh. No change in prices. So hot dogs, soft drinks, baked beans, chips, and chicken thighs. No price changes. Corn of the cob, too early to tell. But there you go. Salute America by eating foods that are going to cost you a little bit more money this year. Other big stories of note today. We are in the midst of a unraveling in Egypt. Last year we had the Egyptian spring. This year it's the summer. Crude oil supplies dropped over 10 million barrels in the United States. Analysts were expected about a 3 million barrel drop. Gasoline supplies declined by 1.7 million barrels. So that, in combination with Egypt, will the military intervene and or not? A lot of people have died in the last 24 hours. A lot of people have been hurt in the last 24 hours in Egypt. As troops are clashing with protesters. That's not good for oil prices in the short term, but in the long term, you know, Morsi was put in to replace basically a dictator. Not in title, but in action. In the long term, if we can get peace in the Middle East, if we can get diplomacy in the Middle East, if we can get democracy in the Middle East, it would be very, very, very healthy for the rest of the world. Now, democracy doesn't happen overnight. 
it's something that takes a lot of time to implement. If you look back at the United States and you saw uh, American colonists, which is why we support and why we believe in the 4th of July, it took a revolutionary war. We had our own revolution. I'm not saying let Egypt have their own revolution, but it certainly led to a good thing in the United States. It's weird. I once uh, was at Wimbledon many, many, many years ago on July 4th, and I'm like, I bet the English don't really like July 4th. Because isn't it when we kind of like threw them out? You know why we did, right? Taxation of tea. Now, our Social Security taxes, which I got just a fantastic email from just the most ignorant person on the planet. And I mean this with all due respect. She's like, isn't Social Security tax when you're in retirement double taxation? No, because you actually don't pay taxes on Social Security when it's taken out of your check. It's kind of interesting that she thinks that. And she wants to start a fight with, like, the government. It's illegal. U.S. citizens permanent, and she gets mad that undocumented immigrants can get Social Security benefits. I've been dying to get an honest answer, she said to me. It just shows, like, people don't understand the system that they even work, live in. You have to work 40 quarters in a row in order to get Social Security, in theory, 40 quarters. <sighs> my, 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 my. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So you had to work 40 quarters, 10 years to get Social Security. Now, it's different if you were born before 1929. <laughs> I know you're saying, really? Really. Um, there's not a lot going on right now. The markets close in roughly two hours. We're going to pay a lot of attention to what's happening in Egypt, Portugal, China. There's not really a good reason to be excited going into the weekend because there's a lot of potential bad news brewing. Jobs report on Friday morning. We'll come back. We'll work for an hour. We'll shut down the shop. We will react to that number because we're going to see if it's positive. Does that mean more likelihood of tapering? And how does Wall Street react to that? SP 500 is down 5, Dow's down 12, NASDAQ down fractions. Big event coming up in Marin. Go sign up for free at robblack.com. There's a place later to own the car of your dreams. Thanks to a surprisingly affordable. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Well, hello, everybody. Maybe you're even wondering if you could still make money in the stock market. Teach calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Gas prices falling for the holiday weekend. Yay! It's cheaper and easier to travel. Like it. Now, 4th of July is patriotic, right? Before the fireworks begin, though, it's patriotic to go shopping. We spend a lot of money on our holidays. Whether it be Valentine's Day, whether it be Memorial Day, whether it be Christmas. We spend a lot of money on our holidays in the United States. I know you're saying, but I'm Jewish. I want you to say Hanukkah. Hanukkah's even turned into a kind of a gift-giving scenario. 
consumers are patriotic, right? It's the American way. There's a lot of freebies out there on 4th of July that what's better than free? Nothing. Free eats. Consumers have shown that no day of the year is out of bounds for shopping. Boston Market offers a family meal on July 4th, 50% off. Meals that feed three to six people. Sales up 34% based on that. Jamba Juice offers a buy one, get one free smoothie promo through July 7th. Sherwin-Williams offers 30% off most paints and stains through July 8th. Payless Shoe Source, buy one, get one, 50% off. Longhorn Steakhouse, they offer 25 grill masters who answer the 800 number during peak grilling times of 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can get an answer to your grilling questions for free. There's free furniture. Some folks in Rhode Island and Massachusetts who bought furniture this past spring at Cardi's Furniture Chain will be hoping for the heat wave on July 4th. If it hits 98 degrees, it's free. How awesome is that, right? Now, on the flip side of this, in the concept of celebrating the 4th of July... We have to take a quick moment out to acknowledge that a lot of firefighters recently died. The worst toll in the nation on firefighters since 9-11. Tragic and sad, the people that protect us. I would like you on 4th of July to go get a coupon for some food and take it to your local fire station. In large part, those people protect us. Especially on the 4th of July when people are stupid enough to be throwing around fireworks that are unregulated. So 19 members uh, fighting a fire in Arizona pass away. Fighting fires. That's tragic. A lot of people get angry. Like there's a BART strike going on in the Bay Area right now and people are angry about there's a lot of $100,000 a year train drivers. A lot. And I'd quit this job if you'd give me that job. I didn't know that job existed when I was in college. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone to college. Now, I look at their pension that they get that they get to retire with, and I'm offended. That's a lot of money being given to people who don't work. Tax money. It's not money made from the system. It's tax money. With that said... I think there's a concept that firefighters and police have pensions, and some people get angry about those pensions. You don't have to work the full 30 years. You get to buy credits, and we don't know how the whole system works as individuals. But we get angry because the government's paying you know, a firefighter, a teacher, a policeman to retire. But then we forget that 19 of them died. And they died protecting us from fires. Now, for me, a fireman, and this is something I know to be true, most of their work isn't around fire. With that said, they've seen some of the craziest things that you'll ever see in your life in car accidents. A lot of firefighters die early because they have inhaled gases and and smoke. So I think they deserve their pensions. I think if you're an element of that faction of our nation, you deserve your pensions. 
as much as you can get, and you should fight for it, because I can't tell you how much your life is worth if you die early. Businesses reacted positively today to the fact that the Health Care Act delay. Mortgage rates dipped 4.3%. We're watching Egypt very, very closely right now. In large part because of oil prices, but also because of the common sense angle of, you know, a regime change. Egypt's on the brink right now. So the world's a little bit nervous. Egyptian military and president are clashing as the deadline for the ultimatum passes. Time appeared to be running out today. The military gave the nation its first democratically elected president 48 hours to accommodate his opponents with a power-sharing agreement or be pushed aside. That has now since passed by about 13 minutes. If the price of upholding legitimacy is his blood, people are ready to sacrifice it. Um, It's going to be interesting to watch today. And again, very rarely do world events become that important that we watch them on Wall Street. Facebook employees have made San Mateo County the richest in America. Apple's nearing a deal to put Time Warner channels on Apple TV. Despicable Me is going to beat Lone Ranger at the box office this weekend. Apple hired former Yves Saint Laurent CEO Paul Deneuve. He's going to report specifically to Tim Cook. What's interesting about that is Yves Saint Laurent clearly a retailer tied towards fashion. Apple wants to get in fashion, and Tim Cook has gone out of his way to say, Google Glasses aren't fashionable. Yahoo's buying mobile app maker Quickie for an undisclosed amount. About $50 million is what it's thought to be. Lulu Lemont has been sued for defrauding shareholders as the CEO left and they had their sheer pants, yoga pants. And I ask you, what could be better on 4th of July than sheer yoga pants? A Texas teen faces up to eight years in prisons after making a comment on Facebook about shooting up a kindergarten. Justin Carter, 19 years old, said it was all a joke. He threatened on Facebook to shoot up a kindergarten and watch the blood rain down and eat the beating heart out of one of them. Texas deputies don't find that joke funny. Now the guy's going out of his way to say what I said was terrible, mean, downright stupid. Misunderstanding was I wasn't trying to scare anyone. I was trying to be witty and sarcastic. I failed and I was arrested. I don't know what to make of that other than, again, I don't like social media. I'm very, very, uh, I think it's going to get our youth into a lot of trouble. Not necessarily for me. You know, I can show you pictures of my vacation, not hurt anyone. My job's secure. I'm fine. I'm comfortable. But social media is going to mess up a lot of our youth in their future. I mean, certainly, almost anyone you meet that's intriguing in your life in this day and age, you Google them almost instantly. All that stuff is hard to hide from. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about this morning. Coming up this hour, I do have Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com talking about Friday's jobs report. Talking about the ADP numbers this morning. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Still a big mess for those of you making your...
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. There's lots going on in Egypt right now. A lot of people are expecting for some drama to ensue. Is he timer on how long more he's going to survive? He refuses to step down. Now he's offering to share power. That may be too late. Millions are gathering in Cairo. State is commanded, commandeered. The state TV building. Staff responsible for live coverage have left. Political groups in the military are meeting. Give me high drama. Why do we bring this up? Because the price of oil. Why do we bring it up? Because democracy and freedom and it's probably better than you know uh, abusive powers. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com, Chief Economist. We'll talk about the positive reports that came out this morning on services as well as uh, jobs created by ADP. SP 500 is down 1, the Dow's up 39, the Nasdaq's up 5. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk all things financial. One of the things I want to talk about is a vacation home. I think it's an ideal that I personally want to have, a vacation home in Tahoe. But before I get there, I, I, I forget, I'm going to have to put a TV in it. Am I going to put renters in it? Will the renters take good care of it so that when I go, it's still in good shape? What do you think about some uh, vacation home ideas? I think now's a good time to look at doing it. Okay. I mean, you've got a big drop in real estate prices, so the people that are typically doing it, those that are a little bit wealthier, are probably on track for retirement, you hope. Um, you really got to determine how much you're going to use it. So I find a lot of people go buy a vacation home, and they haven't been really vacationing that much. Right. So they buy it, and they're not using it that much. Um, and we can kind of fall in love when we go to Costa Rica, and we go, oh, this is beautiful. And, yeah. you know, the people at the cabbies are pushing vacation homes there, and you're in love, and you're romantic, and... You make a bad decision because Costa Rica sucks, um, <laughs> and it takes you a couple minutes outside that country to realize it sucks. But when you're there, you're in the moment. Yeah, and you get you know, buying in the moment's always bad. That's when people, most people, buy timeshares, right? Yep. It's in the moment. Absolutely. <laughs> you get free tequila. <laughs> That's kind of where I was going at with that. And sitting through those timeshares, I hear people go, "Yeah, I do two or three of those free vacations a year," and you have to sit through timeshares and a uh, timeshare pitch, and you know, just don't bring your checkbook. I'd rather die than sit through a pitch like that. Yeah, you know, and then people that look at buying vacation homes in Tahoe and stuff like that, a lot of them are Bay Area people, and they've got large mortgages already. Right. And if you buy a second home, there's a limit, you know, right around $1.1 million of how much mortgage debt you can have to be able to write it off. Um, now, you could get a second home and use it as a rental property and write it off as a Schedule C, or on your Schedule E, rather, um, and, you know, if it creates a loss, potentially write that off. But most people in the Bay Area that can afford a uh, vacation home are making over $150,000 a year, right? Right. Which, at that point, you start losing the ability to take losses right. uh, from your Schedule E. It gets suspended until you sell a property. So a lot of people get into the idea of a second home thinking, I'm going to rent it out, I'm going to create some income, and I'll have a tax deduction. Sure. And it might not be. So before you do it, make sure it fits in your overall financial plan because it's, it's it might not be the best use of money. But also run it through... Um, projections. Right. Go say, pretend that you are going to have the parental property for a full year. Look at the last year's tax return and tell your CPA to run it as if you had the property. 
and you can see what the overall effect is on your tax brackets. I'm sure CPAs love doing made-up scenarios. Hey, <laughs> like if that. you have a CPA that doesn't love doing that, yeah. then get a new one. Okay. Fair. I mean, it's 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 something that's really important to to have because most CPAs end up with too many clients and and they're too busy to run the what-if scenarios. But yeah. it's so important, especially if real estate issues, stock options, estate planning issues, to have a CPA that's more than willing to meet with you and charge you you know a couple hundred bucks an hour to do those those mock. Uh, returns. Another scenario that we should talk about when buying a vacation home that you may rent, you may not, you know, may retire in, is a lot of times things change. Like, for instance, I'd love a Tahoe vacation home to retire into. But I'm imagining that I'll be able to shovel snow in 20, 30 years, and I may not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, be careful what you, your lifestyle may change. Uh, you may no longer like living in the desert or a vacation in the desert. Uh, when you're old, you're, you know, you can cook in that kind of stuff and, and be left to die, and vultures will circle around you and eat your eyeballs out. So <laughs> you may not really like that home 10, 20 years from now is yep. what I'm getting at. Yeah, so d- definitely until you've traveled many places, don't buy don't buy that vacation home. Um, home away but, from home. You know, I know a lot of people that still ski in their 70s and 80s that are really, really you happy. Do not. I do. You do not. I have several clients. Being in, from, you know, having clients across California all the way up to the Northwest – um, some clients, you know, spend the spring and summer in the Northwest, and then they'll go to Colorado for six months a year. Yeah. So. Different conversation for a different day. You're listening to me, Rob Black, and that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton at NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. And again, I'm Rob Black, and thank you so much for listening to the show and supporting the show and telling your friends about the show. I've got a big national footprint, thanks to my home station, KDOW. You can listen to the show on a national level at kdow.biz. If you want to stream it, you can also get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz, or you can go to Apple iTunes and get a podcast of the show delivered great straight to you, all free. Um, I think this is a great service that Salem allows me to do because I try to give you a good second opinion about financial issues. And sometimes I do get caught up in some of the stories, and sometimes I shun it. Um, I try not to get greedy. I try not to get fearful. Um, we're all human, so we will make that mistake on occasion. Keep that in mind. That's the number one thing that I think you need to do to become a successful investor is try to eliminate greed and fear before you even start shopping for your index funds. I got an email yesterday from someone who I think just sums this up almost beautifully on why people shouldn't be buying stocks. And yet I tell you people should be buying ETFs and index funds. A guy named Yogish sent me an email asking for my opinion. He said, long-time listener, thank you for what you do. Quick question after doing due diligence to both fundamental and technical. How do you have the conviction to buy a stock? At times when I evaluate a stock based on its numbers and industry trends, I've had issues with self-doubt. And over the last five years, this has significantly hurt my ability to grow my portfolio. First and foremost, you should have an investment thesis. You should have scientific reasons written down why you like stocks and why you don't like stocks. Uh, Yogi shouldn't be buying stocks. Hey, hey, boo-boo, let's get a picnic basket. Yogi should be eating picnic baskets. He should be eating humans who venture into bear country, but Yogi should not be buying stocks. Because he doesn't know how. He says, self-doubt. You should be a CPA? No, no, no. CFA, Certified Financial Analyst. Start developing reasons why you like stocks, GDP, earnings, margins, increase in dividends, cash flow, 
and then it takes some of the emotion out of it. Coming up, Dr. Jeff Rose and Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Again, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm starting a new show on Cron 4. I used to do a show called Rob Black and Your Money when I first came to the Bay Area. I worked for CNET Radio for a couple years. I talked with management. They're like, move on out, move on out. I said, I'll move out. Just don't go out of business. You going to go out of business? No, 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 no. I move out, and 30 days later, they're out of business. Mm, right? So I had to find another media gig, and I never had to find a media gig. Media gigs always found me. And in this case, Crown 4, uh, Bay Area television station, basically found me. It was nice. It worked out for me. Um, I did a TV show called Rob Black and Your Money for eight-plus years. I continued to do radio with CBS and Clear Channel and finally landing at Salem. Clear Channel and CBS, they've been cost-cutting for years and years and years. And although I don't cost a lot... Clear Channel and CBS wanted to go the direction of uh, national programming. So that's the story, in case any of you were ever wondering. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good. I just went over my job history in media, and oddly enough, we're watching jobs on Friday. What's your thoughts on what we saw out of ADP this morning? Uh, ADP came in above expectations. It's been running uh, below what the official estimates have been on jobs. So, you know, that bodes well for an above expectations uh, job number if those, you know, trends hold up. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see, you know, a fairly robust uh, jobs gain for the month of June. That's coming on Friday after the July 4th holiday. Will there be any abnormalities in the report based on holidays? No, no. And th- these numbers, first of all, come from the middle of June, so it's nothing to worry about. I mean, you may see some kind of um, oddness show up in the initial claims report that's released next week, but realistically, July 4th isn't a holiday where you see lots of uh, people coming, you know, hiring to, uh, you know, fill new orders unless you're a fireworks store. So, 
you know, we, we don't anticipate to see much change in, in the claims numbers from this either. I like that, fireworks store. Um, how much are you taking into account what's happening in Europe right now? Because what I've kind of seen, some companies, we're, we're seeing a lot of pre-announcements on the negatives, saying a lot of you know hiccups in the second quarter. Some of it, people are blaming international. Some people are blaming mortgage rate jumps. What are you seeing right now as far as, I, I guess, the earnings tied towards the, the bigger events out there? Yeah, I'm more concerned about how U.S. rates are trending than how Europe is performing. Okay. Uh, my concern that uh, rates are now, you know, at two two and a half percent for uh, a ten-year, you know, back in May it was, you know, almost a buck sixty. So that, to me, is is going to be a bigger stress on economic growth than continued uh, confusion and, you know, everything else that seems to be going on in Europe. With that said, I went on vacation last week, and interest rates on the 10-year Treasury really made a strong move higher. Do you see those rates moving sideways? Do we have another leg up on the 10-year Treasury? Do we do go back down? I think Gunlack and uh, um, not El Arion, but Bill Gross have said maybe 1.7% on the 10-year Treasury is, is in its future. You know, it's one of those strange things. I mean, the initial move up came at the same time that uh, Chairman Bernanke decided to announce that tapering, you know, quote, may occur at the end of the year, which then the market took as will occur at the end of the year. So the Fed's been coming out since then trying to calm those fears by saying, hey, look, you know, the the data needs to improve in order for that uh, situation to happen. So the market priced in something that the Fed may or may not do. You know, and if the market still is jittery, you know, two seven is something that's very easily obtainable. Um, if the market calms down and realizes that, you know, the odds that the Fed does start tapering at the end of the year, you know, is probably lower than what they expect, you know, is kind of what I assume is going to happen, then you know, rates should come back down. You know, still though, you know, two and a half percent, two two twenty five. I mean. All in all, it's not good for the economy. I mean, the Fed wants these rates as low as possible to, to spur growth, and, and that's not happening. There was a report out this morning from Art Cashin basically saying that the Federal Reserve's stimulus, trillions of dollars, is, is sitting idly and not actually being used. Do you know anything about money supply and why do we care? Well, I mean, the point is when you increase the money supply, you're going to increase the amount of lending available. But what you're not seeing is that happening. So instead, you're just seeing the money supply increase, and at the same time, banks are just holding it and putting it back in the Fed and taking money through their uh, – uh, well, I forgot what the actual name was called, but you know, they're, they're earning you know quarter percent on the on this this, this money, you know, this, this deposit insurance type system. And you know, what you want is the, is banks to open that up and, and spur credit and spur movement, you know, which is what you consider the the velocity of money, and and that's not happening. So in that terms, you know, our cash is correct. You know, they put a lot of this money out there, but you're not seeing a lot of movement from it. But on the flip side, what the Fed's trying to do is not necessarily just increase the money supply, but they're trying to, you know, drive up. Uh, inflation expectations, and by doing that, they're trying to drive down the real interest rates or the real current interest rates. And what they're hoping is that, you know, with rates, you know, low, they're going to want to, uh, 
you know, or sorry, drive up the real interest rates, and they're going to want to, you know, try to get people to, to invest today as opposed to holding the money and waiting for, you know, some kind of movement tomorrow. And that's not happening. One of the, I'm not going to say mantras, but one of the things I, I try to say to make it media savvy is first-time unemployment claims under 400,000 is typically a good number. When you talk on radio and TV, it's not great to give out 360,000. Too many numbers get lost. So any number under 400,000, I generically say it's a pretty good number. Am I wrong for throwing out generics in first-time unemployment claims? No. You know, the, the, the headline numbers, they, they, they don't correlate exactly with any type of payroll gain, but you generally get trends. You know, three, you know at 350 in a recovery, we should be seeing, you know, around 200,000 payroll gains. At 400,000, you should be seeing, you know, between 100 and 150. That's the type of stuff you want to look at. I mean, the movements in between those are generally, you know, just noise. But, you know, these, you know, uh, quote, you know, headline big numbers for media, you know, they, they do represent something. Okay. The numbers on first-time unemployment claims and employment numbers coming out on Friday um, reflects a consumer because if we have jobs, we consume. What would you say, Dr. Jeff Rosen, that the state of the consumer is in the United States on July 4th? Uh, better than I anticipated. You know, we're seeing spending you know, track strongly. The uh, income debt is actually coming better from the BEA than what the BLS had reported in their um, labor numbers. So that's good. Right now, and you're seeing debt come down. So all three should result in in stronger than expected consumer uh, resilience. And you're starting to see that in, um, you know, the better confidence numbers. Mr. Rosen, or Dr. Rosen, GDP in America, I recently read an article that there's two types of GDPs, the haves and the have-nots. Has that come to fruition, that we are an economy of haves and an economy of have-nots? I mean, you're seeing inequality um, increase, which means you have that have and have not uh, situation. Uh, the question is, is inequality bad for the overall economy? And there's conflicting research on that. So uh, I don't know necessarily if uh, it's bad for everybody if we have this spreading wide equilibrium. I know that certain people are going to be affected more than others on it. and. You know, you're going to have more probably political and social uh, constraints rather than economic from it. Let me put you on the limb, so to speak. Uh, Friday's jobs number comes out. Will it mean, what will the number mean, and will it mean the Fed starts to taper by the end of the year? That's a uh, loaded question. I know, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, if we think about it, the odds are you're going to get a, a good um, payroll number. I mean, th- that's what everything is trending. You're going to probably see, you know, 175 jobs. It's going to be probably top expectations. At least that's what I anticipate. Um, you're going to see an unemployment number that probably will come down. The question is, why will that come down? And, and that's what the Fed's going to have to take a look at. We've seen recent moves have to do more with demographics rather than with uh, economics. And what I mean is we're seeing the participation rate decline as older workers just say, I'm out, I'm done, I'm not going to start keep looking for a job that I can't find, and I'm too old to look for a job. And that's natural. And we're going to see... Ten seconds. You know, 
you know, some some growth. So if we get a you know, a big drop in the unemployment number, the Fed's going to have to look at where it came from. If it came from economics or if Got it came from people leaving the... Uh... Dr. Jeff Rosen, briefing.com, chief economist, providing independent live market analysis in the United States. Briefing.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This area update brought to you by Garmin. Still heavy traffic heading out of Vallejo this morning. Westbound 37. It's the usual jam up as you make your way coming off the Mare Island Bridge. It's all because of that two to one lane merge. Meanwhile, in Walnut Creek, southbound 680. Still very heavy from Lavorna to Stone Valley. Also still through Pleasanton from Bernal Avenue to Vargas. It's still a big mess right now if you're trying to make your way into San Francisco using the Bay Bridge as a route. It's backed up beyond the maze. Westbound 80. So from cutting, 580 so from 24. Northbound 880 is very jammed up as well. We're looking at slow traffic to San Leandro North 880 from 238 to Marina. Hate traffic, don't hate, drive happy. Get a Garmin Newbie with subscription-free HD digital traffic and avoid traffic and construction delays with updates delivered as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. For more traffic information, log on to SigAlert.com. I'm Karina Velasquez with your Bay Area traffic. There's a place you can go for good, clean... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.